So we know we all like horses, but how many of us were young and sat and drew horses? That's all we could do was just draw horses. Julie's one of those artists who can do paintings like nobody I've ever seen has done. They're absolutely beautiful. And she tells us how she does it, which is interesting to find out how she got started and the media that she uses to do her paintings. So enjoy. Welcome to Late Night Riders. I'm Gretchen, and I'm joined by my grandma, Debbie, my aunt, Mindy, and Julie. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. <laughs> so, Julie, tell Hello. us a little bit about yourself. Hi, yes. So, my name's Julie Ferris, and I am an equestrian artist. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm 29 years old. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you my age, but <laughs> I've been... Uh, I've been really focusing on the horse and art uh, since I went to school. I attended Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, and I majored in painting, and I minored in equine studies, mm -hmm. and I lived in Savannah for about three years after I graduated and started my business um, from the ground up, and um, it's been about six years or so that I've been sort of climbing my own uh, corporate ladder, if you will. Um, and it's been a very slow process, but I've uh, just been committed to it. And, um, you know, people ask, like, what's your backup plan if equestrian art doesn't work out? And I'm like, there is no backup plan. It has to work out because it's what I want to do. Yeah. And um, I really believe if you work long enough and hard enough at something, eventually, um, eventually it will come back around. So, yeah. Um, I'm in my studio and uh, have some paintings that are mostly finished. Finished. There's just a couple more things I need to do on them, but, um, but yeah. So beautiful. A little bit about me. So when did you start writing? Oh, um, I always like think about riding. I'm like riding, like really good riding, or just like debopping around on a horse because <laughs> I definitely started riding. Um, when I was young, I, I went, um, I was enrolled in horse camps, and that's, I was probably about five or six, and that's really when I found myself, like, loving horses. I remember being kind of scared of them, because they were so big, and um, I was definitely a cautious child, but I was like, I couldn't help it, I was just very drawn to them also, like, I wanted to be around them, I was kind of scared of them, but I really wanted to ride, I really wanted to be with them, and I just remember riding as a kid, um, being some of my happiest, happiest memories. So um, I was about six years old, I guess, started the horse camps, and then that turned into lessons. Um, and then my parents did a lease a horse for me when I was in fifth or sixth grade for a little bit, and then um, started to get into, like, middle school and high school and decided to do tennis. Um, I didn't have the option of doing uh, the, the IEA, so I kind of went over to tennis for a little while, but still would ride whenever I had the chance, and then decided when I wanted to go to school um, that I wanted to ride on the equestrian team if if I could get on it. So that's really what I was working towards and went back to lessening to try to prepare for that and then rode on the team at SCAD for the four years I was there. And since I graduated, I've continued my riding, continue lessening. I don't own a horse currently but that's definitely in the hmm. foreseeable future um either leasing and then buying or or just buying um but right now i'm just lessening and trying to get saddle time and learn more about my subject and no matter how good of a rider you are there's always always more to learn so um mm -hmm. i wouldn't consider myself a great rider but i try hard <laughs> so i do what i can um what discipline do you ride julie yes so so I grew up riding hunters and then um, really enjoyed showing um, equitation. And then now it's it's still, it's, I was in eventing a little bit, took some eventing lessons, um, which was fun. It was, a, it was a different perspective for me. And so I feel like kind of dabbling in all the disciplines can be really helpful yeah. um, as a rider, honestly. And also um, now I'm kind of back more towards the hunters and equitation focused uh, lessons and that's what I feel most comfortable with because that's what I grew up with um, hmm. but I definitely think it's who knows maybe I'll 
try some jumpers at some point, oh. um, <laughs> try some dressage lessons, or who knows. So now what brought you to like go to SCAD and did you want to go to college or did you, were your parents like, did they encourage you to go to college? Yes, definitely. There wasn't really a question of like, do you want to go to college? It was always, you will go to college somewhere. (laughs) I mean, if I was a really horrible student, maybe it would have been, you know, some, it would have been something else that I pursued. Um, but I, I did, I did enjoy academics and I wanted to go to college and um, I kind of, but once I figured out I wanted to pursue art, it was just a matter of what art school do I want to go to and SCAD was perfect because it had the art and it had the horses and it's the only art school that, that has that. So, and it was only four hours from Atlanta. So it was really the perfect combination for me and, um, and my parents were very supportive of that. And, um, they, you know, encouraged me, they've encouraged me all along the way. So I've kind of like, I hear stories about people, artists whose parents were like, you know, really discouraging and like, you can't do that. You'll never make me money. And, you know, I, I really, even though I did occasionally get, get comments like that from people, but, um, but never from my parents. And I really appreciate that from them because, you know, they're kind of, they believed in me, but they're also, I guess, letting me see if I could do this and, you know, letting, encouraging me to do what I want to do. And, um, so, so yeah. I think that's really, that's wonderful of your parents to do that because being an art teacher myself and, um, I taught ages all the way from little first and second graders up through high school, um, at, you know, different times during uh, my teaching career. Uh, and I know a lot of um, you know, students shy away from pursuing that in college because they don't foresee uh, a future that you know will afford them what they need to live. Um, tell us a little bit about your background, like in school with art, and um, I I love hearing about your passion for horses, mm-hmm. um, and then how that took you into college. Right. So my background with art, I feel like the horses and the art are kind of uh, simultaneous in the sense of I loved both of them from a young age. So so the art really, like when I was young, I was a lot of t- I was known as like in elementary school, people would ask me to draw horses for them because that's just what I love to draw. Mm-hmm. And it's and what I and now it's like I'm, I know that's like the story of every equestrian artist. I drew horses since I was five years old. But it but it is interesting how within art, like art is really your like personal expression. And and as a kid, like I wasn't thinking about like I'm going to express myself. I like horses. So therefore, I will draw a horse to express myself. It was just like, it was what came to me. If I was doodling in class or like, you know, in art class, just messing around, like I would be constantly, or in church, like (laughs) I'd be in church, you know, not listening, but like drawing horses. And I remember, um, you know, for many years it was, I wanted to be good at it and I loved, I loved drawing them and I never, it never bored me and I was always inspired by them. So, um, so they were definitely a part of my art from early on. And, um, and I feel like as I got older, it it was kind of difficult because as I got older, I didn't, I didn't really want to be known as the horse girl, um, or the art girl because I was at a smaller school and it was kind of one of those things where, you know, I, I was not mature enough to feel like I could embrace that difference that, you know, I was very different from everyone else and I just wanted to fit in and I didn't want to feel different or, you know, mm-hmm. there was no one else who liked all, liked the things I liked. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was something that as I got older, I started to realize like, no, this is something I want to embrace. Like none of this is going to matter eventually. Like I need to pursue something that I genuinely love and feel passionate about. And I know I've enjoyed, you know, since I was young. And so I started, you know, I was taking all the AP classes in high school. And um, and then I was taking portfolio and I was, you know, already kind of planning, getting more serious about 
um, wanting to pursue art as a professional, but also with that in mind, like always in my head knowing, but I want to be an equestrian artist. I, I couldn't see myself being any other type of artist. Um, and at that point, I I hadn't had a lot of experience with um, with painting horses or really, you know, exploring, you know, the horse and art. I, I did a little bit of research as a high schooler, but it was just kind of this thing inside me. I was like, I just really want to be this, and I know I need to go to school to really develop my skills and my talents with this. And I need, you know, and I want to ride more. I want to know my subjects more, and. Um, now my dogs are playing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I put I put one down. That's okay. And then now they think like Got to break it up. <laughs> so so yeah, it was kind of just this progression of like I loved art when I was little, and then became more serious about it, and kind of embraced it. And I was like, I don't care if I'm the weird artsy horse girl, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for you. So, so yeah. Um, do I don't you, know if that answers your question. Yeah. Do you still have some of those little pictures from the beginning, too, I hope, that you, what, from oh when you gosh. were young? Like when I was really little? Yeah. I have, I know I have a little sketch from, like, 2005. Um, or maybe before that. And I don't have it, I don't have it in here. Um I don't have a lot that I can find, honestly, really? which is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. But a lot, a lot of it yeah. um, happened pro- probably like on homework, homework <laughs> yes. papers, yes. and things that were like very disposable or you know on the back sure. of like church bulletins. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so cute. Um, so, so yeah, there wasn't a whole. And then I had Aww. a few sketches that I would like that I know that are somewhere that I gave grandparents or my parents um my grandmother actually my mom is the one who was more involved with horses and uh, my grandmother loved horses uh, my grandparents had tennessee walking horses at their farm north of atlanta and they were rideable for like a year and then they didn't continue keeping them you know rideable and so they got a little wild and i was only like five or six at the time when they got them so they just got more and more feral and uh they then they became like pasture ornaments up there but um but my grandmother grew up with horses and my mom grew up with a horse kind of as a pet in her backyard so never like serious like riders but always like horses around and horses they kind of been a part of the of you know my mom's generation so yeah so i would i'm really curious and interested to hear about the your media the medium of choice is oil now correct yes and did you um work with oils in high school or what did you work with i mean was this new to you in college yeah so i had worked um very little with oils and i my my only exposure with oils pre-college was Uh, a class I took at a local art center. I was probably in 10th or 11th grade. Um, My mom signed me up for like intro to oil painting class. And Mm -hmm. I do still have that painting somewhere. It was of a still life of lemons. And it, you know, to me, I'm like, it's awful. But I, (laughs) but I kept it. Um, And, and, and oils were definitely difficult. I remember like, that first class I was like I don't know how I could ever be like none of this makes sense I don't know how I could ever figure this out and but slowly I mean when especially once I went to SCAD and they introduced you know the first oil painting course I was hooked because I I Mm. did like them but I but I did not feel like an expert for sure I still felt very like I don't know how to master this medium and I've you know, I'm so used to the water-based mediums, and I mostly worked with acrylic and watercolor, mm-hmm. and then charcoal when I was in high school. And in, in growing up in elementary school, it was like tempera paint and you know, and whatnot, which is great. And um, there's a time and a place. But once I got to oils and took all of the classes, I was like, I can't go back. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, so yeah, I love working in oils. Did I answer that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's neat to hear. My and father. I, oh, no, go ahead. My father painted and he used oils for a long, long time. And then he used right. acrylic. But he said to me, I remember, I'm not talented like that, but he said to me, there's a big difference between the two. And it was any of those mediums, they're just different to use. You have to, I guess, figure out, you know, you girls know more than I do, though, how to use them. So it's pretty, pretty wonderful that you can do that. That's a big thing. Yeah, you, you definitely have to experiment a lot. Sometimes you'll experiment and you're like, this did not turn out well, but you learn something from it. And you're like, well, I'm not going to do that again. So um, a lot of my experimentation happened like while I was in college, which was a great place for that because you don't really want to be doing too much experimenting when someone's paying you to do something. Mm -hmm. right. So mm -hmm. it was it was good that I had that time. And like I would say if someone's thinking about becoming an artist or wants to be an artist, take so many classes mm -hmm. before you start, you know, charging somebody, you know, to, to, you know, do a piece for them and, you know, really feel like you, you're not still like, I'm just figuring, you know, these little things out, especially with oil paintings, because I mean, a lot of oil paintings are not done properly. And you can tell after however so many years, because they start cracking, they start doing mm. You know different things so it's important to be doing work that's archival which is basically just it will last over time and there mm -hmm. are certain ways and steps you're supposed to follow especially in the oil process that is you know specific and mm -hmm. mostly with the with the ratio of oil to paint and how you know how you're supposed to layer and and what you you know what you do to be able in the end have a result of a of a painting that's archival and that should last 500 plus years if it's properly you know properly cared for so um I, but the thing about the oils that i really love is the the vibrancy and like the viscosity of them so when i look at an oil painting versus an acrylic and you know there's nothing wrong with acrylic this is me personally i love the the richness in the oils mm -hmm. and the texture of it i love that it has this you know this kind of thicker texture that base, you know, what you put on the canvas with the brush is basically what, how it stays on the canvas. And, um, and you can do all these layers and, um, and I just think that the, the glossiness from, from the oil, cause the oil, oils technically, they, they don't dry, they oxidize because, and it, that gets into science, but they never, they are, technically always drying or oxidizing over time which is why they kind of change their appearance over time and the older oil paintings are almost like this glass they're so hard but it's because the oils have just continued to dry for however many hundreds of years or oxidize um which which changes their you know their molecular structure and you know the the look of it changes over time too so um, so yeah, lots of oils. I could talk about oils for a long time, but, but yeah. Yes. So I've, I've always been more inclined towards realism, um, and classical style. That's naturally how I've always kind of express myself wanting to create something that is similar to or looks like you know what I'm looking at what I'm what I'm trying to capture and you know though I, I love abstract art and I love more loose gestural art it's much more difficult and not as natural for me to create work like that not that I haven't tried or haven't you know forced myself to sometimes do do that so that I'm you know, getting out of my comfort zone, because I do think that's important, no matter what, you know, category you feel like you're in to, to try others. Um, and the techniques I use now, I mean, they've definitely been, they've definitely been very much like kind of perfected in a sense. Um, so, so the techniques here, I mean, I'm very like, I really like merging the kind of this 
classical antiquities kind of style, which also making like, um, let me say this right words, um, kind of marrying kind of this like old and new. So I, I really, and I love looking at the old equestrian paintings um, of the hunts and especially George Stubbs. Like he's, uh, he's always been one of my favorites um, with his work. And I've seen, I saw a whistle jacket at the National Gallery and I just sat there for like an hour in front of it. And I, I really love looking at, and I appreciate the old styles. And I just think like, without cameras and like, you know, with that, how did they capture? And there definitely are things that I'm like, I can see how they missed that because they didn't, you know, they didn't have cameras. They couldn't like a lot of times old paintings, you'll see horses painted with like them trotting parallel and like, they're not, you know, properly trotting like diagonal or, you know, they just added like a let, you know, something that was like very, that wouldn't actually happen, but if you know horses and you understand kind of what it would be like as an artist without, you know, you could have sketches and go out to the stable and probably draw and sketch, but that's all you would have to look from. So, um, but I love taking kind of from the old and then making it into something newer that, but that's also transitional and like could go in an older, um, more traditional space, but could also, um, transition into like a very new contemporary space. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah. I, I have a question. Um, when you ride, sometimes when we ride, we lose track of time. And I'm sure when you're painting or you're creating, you lose track of time. So my question is, is what do you think is the longest period of time that you lost track of time and you're just, you know, enveloped in that painting that just grabbed you and, and you knew that was a wow, you know, it was like bliss. Yeah. So I definitely, when I'm, when I'm working on something and I'm enjoying, enjoying myself, which usually when I'm painting, I am. Um, and I remember, I mean, I've, I've gotten to the point where like, I've been working on a painting all day, which not that I'm like, you know, usually if I'm I start to get hungry and that's usually when I'm like oh I'm hungry I need to go eat something and then get back to work um but I mean I've definitely been engrossed in a painting for a couple out you know a couple hours have gone by and I'm just working away um so it definitely <laughs> it happens and then that feeling sometimes that comes after you've created and you just I don't know how to explain it but maybe you can better than I can though, but you feel like, Oh, I really accomplished, you know, something great. Like you get very excited about it. Have you had many of those times happen where you feel like, Oh, you came off of the, the, what you just did and you're just so passionate about it. Yes. So, um, and I think, I think a lot of it is the subject I'm passionate about too. So I don't know that I would necessarily feel the same way about something else I was painting if I, you know, felt like I did a good job on it. But especially with horses, like this, this one right over here, his name is Banderas. Uh, he lives in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, so I actually like sometimes when I'm working and getting really close to the, to the finish and I'm adding in kind of doing all the refining, like final details kind of everywhere um but I was like looking at his his painting the other day and like I got chills thinking about it and or like looking at the piece which you know doesn't always happen but sometimes it just it happens and I know it's like oh I'm tooting my own horn but like it wasn't I, I can't really explain it like I kind of am like it's kind of a miracle that I can create what I create because I do have this thing goal in mind, but it's like, I just, I just do it and it makes sense to me, but it's not like every step was like laid out in my head. Like a lot of it is I'm painting, I'm painting. I just keep painting. And at some point I'm like, there it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm, it is a and I'm happy feeling. with it. So, yeah. I remember yeah. the first time I saw your painting, I was scrolling through Facebook. I'm Ram's social media manager, so I was looking 
um, for things to share. And I was like scrolling and I was like, oh, that's a really nice photo. And then I like yeah. started looking at it for a second. And I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> and I realized it was like so lifelike, but it was a painting. And then after that, I was like, I need to find out where this came from. And so I searched it and that's how I found you um, on Instagram and started following you and sharing some of your updates. But like, Man, it is incredible yeah. the how lifelike like, yes. they yeah. are. Yeah, such a talent. I love that. That's awesome. I didn't know that's how you found my work. Yeah, <laughs> really cool. And how how do you capture that? Just the essence of the horse. I mean, that just such a lifelike. I mean, the the personality comes through yeah. in your work as well. How do you uh, capture that? So, uh, what I, part of my process now is doing, I require photo shoots, like pre-painting photo shoots of all of the horses I paint, mostly because I, I'm very particular and I like, you know, the horse, I like, first of all, I like all of my work to be original and be very, you know, from the photo process, you know, to the painting, it's, you know, all by me and my eye, you know, even capturing the images because, you know, there might be like a certain turn of the head or a look of the eye that like gets that horse. And and then you're also like looking for, you know, I want the horse to look balanced. I want them to kind of, you know, be confirmation-y looking or just to, you know, be goofy and be them, you know, kind of depending on what the owner wants. But, but I also, um, you know, like to just take tons of photos from all the angles. Um, your kind of more traditional portrait look, but also kind of your a little bit artsier look or like, because horses, if you've been around horses, you know that they're all very unique with their personalities. And it's just like people, they, they look different. They're, you know, they act different, they respond different and they all have their little, their little quirks or their little things that make them them. And so I like to meet them. I like it to be a personal thing to me where I've physically looked at and touch that horse so it's not this like removed process where I'm like this horse exists somewhere you know and this person loves them and I love that but like I've never met it and you know so for me it it really it makes it more personal to me and it also allows me to to find those moments where I'm like I met the horse I kind of you know got a feel that like they're this type of horse or I got this look or that look and um, I narrowed down all of the like top 50 or so images from our photo shoot and then kind of let the client pick from that um, based on what, you know, I tell them, like, think of how you want to remember your horse in this painting, you know, like years and years down, down the line, like what image do you feel like you want to be married to in a sense of your horse? Uh, not that we can't do multiple paintings, but I'm like, if you. And some people do end up doing a few paintings because they're like, I love this one, but I also feel this one's also my horse. And I really love, you know, this look is completely different. Um, and it's amazing how many different facial expressions you can capture with them. But um, but I do try to get that, that sense of personality. And sometimes it is just like the way the horse is looking, a slight turn of the head, something with the ear, something with the eye. Um, there's so many just like very, very subtle things, but they also go into play when I'm thinking like, do, do I feel like this, this image is a good representation of this horse's personality? And which is also why I like to paint them as still standing instead of, instead of running, instead of, you know, jumping. Um, not that I wouldn't do that, but when I'm trying to capture a personality, I feel like, and I think this is also kind of like this, this artist in me, like the still life idea and, you know, treating the horse almost as if it was a still life. But, you know, when I took this photo, it was, a, you know, a still and, um, and the horse, you know, is just there and you, you, there's nothing else really happening except you're just looking at the horse. And um, yeah. So I don't know if that makes sense, but <laughs> yeah. Can you talk about a little bit about from the business perspective, um, how you started your business and grew it to where it is today? Yes. So the business side, which is always fun for artists, 
Uh, most artists don't love the business side and I'm one of those, but um, I don't hate it. I just don't love it as much as the arts and the horse part of it. But um, so, you know, a lot of people want instant results and, you know, everything just to happen really fast, which is, you know, that's fine. But a lot of times, and sometimes maybe it happens that way for people, but I built the business really slowly. And, you know, I started the business. I wasn't always, you know, painting like this because in my early, like first several years, I was working some other jobs. I was, you know, but everything I did was, you know, with the, you know, with the goal in mind of like, this is what I want to do, but I'm just doing all these other little things temporarily while I continue to build my business. So at first I had, you know, for me, I think it's, it, I think it's good for artists to find something they feel very passionate about that they want to become an expert in. Um, and that's just my opinion, because then you can, you think like, you know, if I were to be a famous artist, what would I want to be known for? And if you don't know, then like, Go do a lot of experimentation. If you love art and you like anything else, then you can probably find a way, you know, to to create that or, you know, express yourself with that and art in your work. Um, so for me, it was the horses. And I had to create a body of work that I felt like was cohesive and what I could feel was, um, you know, and now you see you see white backgrounds like everywhere. But when I first started the white backgrounds about, you know, back in 2014, no one was doing them. And I would, you know, talk, tell people I'm going to do, you know, I can offer these you know, painted portraits on a white background. And like, I want that to be my signature look, you know, the horses painted on these white backgrounds, not just because, you know, I like the color white and, but it, and it's very bright and reflective, but also because it really exposes the horse fully on the canvas. And so you're not really distracted by anything else because it's just about the horse. And so like the purpose for the portraits, especially in capturing the personality is like you're, you're, in, you're not being distracted by a field or a tree or a barn or a person or anything. So um, I feel that it works really well for that. But I had to first create kind of a mock um, mock-up body of work that, that was in the style so that I could do an exhibition, um, a gallery show, work with some galleries and, you know, start to get some exposure with what I wanted to offer for people to do. Um, so it was like, it was a ton of like little steps that just kept building on each other. And, um, you know, then I started to get, get a few commissions and, you know, some people are like, Oh, like, I like, I actually like that idea of, of the white background. And so, you know, which, when I was first doing commissions, I wasn't charging as much. So it was kind of a, I'm going to do some really great work for you, but I'm also very early in my career. And so like, there needs to be a little room for some mistakes, but I'm, you know, charging, this is what the amount I feel good about charging. And I'm going to create this, you know, beautiful piece of art of your horse for you. And, you know, it'll be, you know, you'll have this wonderful piece of art and then I will have some more experience, some more, some more miles, under the belt and then also um have a great like portfolio piece so like you know I was thinking about doing work that you know do I want this type of work to be in my portfolio to where I would show other people and be like I can do more work like this so that's kind of what you have to think about you know from the business side of like creating the work that you know hopefully will sell itself in a sense um but don't create work that you feel like you wouldn't want to show people because it's not what you want to do because then you're going to end up having people asking you to do what you don't want to do. Um, so, and then like, you know, the business part of like figuring out taxes and, you know, I've had, I've actually had um, a business coach for a couple of years now. So like find, finding mentors, finding people. I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't have any other artists that were really doing what I was doing or anyone that I felt like I could really, you know, go to for like questions and stuff, but I would, you know, find, I would try to research people or like cold call cold or email people that I didn't know that I felt like, you know, maybe they would have some advice or something. And, you know, the worst that can happen is they don't respond and, or if they don't have time and that's totally fine. There's no reason to be offended about that, but you can't be scared to like ask for help or ask for advice. 
or, um, you know, someone who's a little, you know, who is a business, a business person, like, you know, what, what are some things that I might not be thinking about that I need to apply, you know, to my work because I've really, I know how to create the work, but I've got to figure out how to actually run the business side of that if I'm going to make any money. So, um, it's really a twofold thing. And just like, just having integrity and, you know, being good to your clients and respectful and, um, good communication. Communication is always good and like following through. So it's like a lot of things that, um, that all go into play with like the business part of it. I don't know if, if there's any other specifics about the business that. How many hours does it take you to do per painting and how many commissions do you take on? Um, well, that number still varies. Um, and honestly, each year it, it has changed. So I'm, I'm thinking in the next year or two, I'll get a better read for my, my volume, my output for, per year. But at this point, um, I think the most paintings I completed in a year were like 22 or 24 paintings which was a lot. Um, I wouldn't say that's really like a super sustainable number, especially because my paintings take so long and they're very meticulous. So they're not like quick things that I, you know, without in a week. Um, I do some smaller studies and, you know, those things, those can take a lot less time, a couple hours, but they're not going to be the same detail as something like this. This, there's no way to get this unless you just put the time into it. Um, so my paintings have been getting larger. So this year I, I probably will end up finishing about 10 to 15. Um, maybe a few less because they are much larger. There's another one on this wall that's 64 by 110 inches. And then there's this life-size piece. So like the larger they get, the less I finish per year. Um, so, um, so yeah. What it was in the hour? What do you say about the hours? Ah, um, I'm really bad with logging all my hours per painting because I'm hopping around from one to the other. But I'm typically painting anywhere from like actual painting four to six hours a day, um, five days a week. Sometimes I'll be painting on the weekends and. Um, I mean, there could easily, there, there could be about a hundred hours, you know, in a painting, but it's a lot of sessions. So like, sometimes I'm only working on a painting for an hour and then I move to the next one. Or, you know, if it's one that needs to be finished, you know, by, by the end of the month, and then I've got several that are further out, then maybe I'll work on that one for two or three hours in a day, you know, and, and, you know, bump up the time that I'm working on that one. So Oh, I so it's hard to answer that question, but I I do plan to make a log. I just have to like actually log my hours right. for one specific painting so that I can at least know how many hours it took for that one, and then I can kind of guesstimate like larger ones will take this many more hours. Um, so yeah, ask ask that again in a little while. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What encouraged you to move to bigger work then? Cause you didn't start doing the life size. Right. Um, so the larger, the larger scale, I really found, I, I do enjoy working on the tiny, tiny, smaller pieces, but there's something about the large format with my choice of subject that I really feel like works well with the, for the subject, because I see horses as these larger than life animals and for me, I, I don't know, when I look at a piece of, when I look at the painting of a horse, like you can see so much more detail on a larger scale and I can paint more detail. Um, and you can also kind of enjoy the detail and, and everything, you know, about the painting from further back. So with the smaller paintings, you have to get very up close and intimate, which isn't a bad thing, but I just like, I like that uh, you can enjoy it like really close up, but you can also step back and, you know, just in the room, really feel the presence of that, of that piece. I feel like the larger pieces just make more of a statement. And I'm like, 
I want my work to be statement work. I want, you know, I want my work, I want my work to be in the Louvre. You know, I, that might never happen. <laughs> but if that's what I'm, if that's the kind of work that I'm going for and, you know, my, my vision for it, then that's something that, you know, goes into play of like, I just gravitate towards, you know, doing, doing work that is more large format with, with, with the horse and um, the way I see it. So. So what's next for you? What's like your bigger projects that are coming up or where do you see yourself in the next year? Um, so this year is, this year is going to be a good year. It's last year was a little crazy. I feel like this year is my recovery year in a way I moved. I did a lot of renovating. I had a lot of just unfortunate things happen with that. Um, and trying to like keep the business going smoothly was difficult. So I was, I got a little behind from last year, but this year it's been, you know, I've been catching up. I've had a lot of really great, great commissions and also um, focusing on, on getting my next life-size piece. Uh, I'm be, it's being in, it's in the works right now. Um, so that, that'll be something exciting is finishing uh, my second life-size piece, which it's actually a horse in motion, which you can't really tell because all you can see is the head up there, um, which is interesting because I usually don't paint horses in motion. And, you know, I think they're beautiful in motion, but this, this mare, she's, she's, I've, the way I captured her on the camera, she was just kind of, she was galloping, cantering around she was a young mare, um, dressage horse. And I already did a portrait of her and then her two other pasture mates. I did the three of them in a painting uh, a couple years back and then decided to do another piece of her, but life-size. And it's kind of this idea of the horse being kind of timeless. So she's kind of just suspended in time um, and as the way I see it. But that will be kind of the exciting thing this year but also also just being able to have like a normal year under my belt because ever since I started my business, it really has been like, you know, every year I either moved or I moved studios or, you know, some other thing happened that's like kind of, you know, just made the year, you know, a lot of progress and good things happening, but like nothing kind of just like, you know, steady, you know, and just like, you know, going consistently. So, um, so now I feel like I'm kind of in this place where I'm like, now I can not settle and just sit back and not do anything, work hard, but I don't have any other, like, you know, I'm not moving. I'm not planning to move. I don't have to like move my studio. Um, and yeah, so it's, I'm looking forward to just like being able to really like start to brainstorm and like take my art to the next level, which I'm still brainstorming on how to do that. Um, but I'd love to start getting into museums or looking into museums. I'd want to find a way to get into or exhibit with. Um, and yeah, just always kind of thinking like, what's the next step? You know, I'm going to keep doing a good job with what I'm doing now because it is what I want to be doing, but there, you know, I never want to just like flatline and just, you know, stay in the same place either. So Julie, where can people find you um, to look at your work or even to um, commission work? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I do have a website, um, though I feel like the best way to find me is Instagram or Facebook. But I really love Instagram because it's a great way for people to kind of be a part of, like, for me, my art journey and kind of just my life as an equestrian artist. And um, if they like horses and dachshunds, they'll enjoy my feed. But even if they don't follow, they can, you know, my account is public. So people can go through and they can see over the years all the work I've been doing. Um, and then they can also, you know, without pressure to commission, they can kind of observe the type of artist I am, uh, the type of work I do how I, you know, how I interact, how I think about my work. And, um, and then, you know, people can reach out to me via email. Uh, my website is on there and I believe there's a little, a little place you can click to email. And if someone's interested in a commission, then most people will just, 
you know, send an email and ask about pricing. I have a price sheet and, you know, like a generic size chart I send people and have some details about the photo shoot process and my process in general. And right now I'm actually, I'm taking reservations for next year. So I'm booked for this year for commissions and have a couple booked into next year. Um, and I'm not sure how far out I'll like officially book before I just have a wait list going. But, um, but yeah, so Instagram is my favorite. So if anyone is an Instagram person like me, then <laughs> Julie Ferris equine artist is my Instagram handle. And, um, sometimes I'll post on my stories, things that I actually don't want to put on my, like my actual feed and they're like behind the scenes things. You never know what you'll get, but depends on the day. But um, but yeah, so I yeah, I'm kind of all over. If you type my name, Julie Ferris, I think even in Google, like my website will pop up. And you know, I'm happy to answer emails or you know, I always tell people like, don't feel bad for you know, if you reach out and you're curious or like you're not super like committed to the process, like that's that's totally fine. Like I'm happy to to give you some information. You know, I would. I would love to work with whoever wants to work with me. Um, if someone doesn't really care about the artists they have, then it's like, you know, maybe go go find another artist. But if someone knows they like really want to work with me and, you know, they love my work, then obviously I would love to work with them, even if it's, you know, a couple years from now or way down the road. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll enter our next segment, Canter Banter. Do you love horses and live the equestrian lifestyle? Be sure to check out our brand new blog at www.yourhorsefarm.com. We publish three posts per week and feature a free printable equine checklist every month. Yourhorsefarm.com is a great equine online resource, so be sure to share with all the horse lovers in your life. And remember, laugh much and ride often. This podcast is brought to you by Ram Horse Fencing and Stalls, the one-stop shop for your horse farm. Ram is family-owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years. We welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653-8984. Again, that's 866-653-8984. And we're back. On this segment of Canter Banter, Julie's going to share um, some boot fashion <laughs> questions that I'm sure a lot of you equestrians have gotten. <laughs> Yes. So I'm sure if you've ever um, gone anywhere public, bless you, bless bless me, bless us all, after riding, um, <laughs> and, uh, if you happen to be wearing paddock boots with half chaps, um, this has happened to me over the years many, many times, and it always makes me laugh, is I'll be walking around, you know, getting gas, going to the gas station, going into a department store, which like who goes into department stores these days, but um, like walking around, just doing whatever errands I have to do, but still like in my riding clothes, you know, my breeches, my, you know, my riding shirt, and then my half chaps and paddock boots. And so many times I'll have, or usually I'll, every, almost every time someone will stop me, usually a lady, um, but sometimes men, I, but mostly, mostly women. <laughs> And and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I love your boots. Where did you get them? And I'm just like, um, I wish you just said I love your boots because then I'd be like, thank you and keep going. But because they ask, where did you get them? I'm like, have this, you know, thing happen where I'm like, well, first of all, they're not clean. They're like really muddy and have horse crap on them and I don't know why you think they're so cute because, like, they look disgusting. Um, and second of all, like, they're not actually boots like you think they are. Um, so I, like, always, you know, don't know, like, do I try to describe to them? Like, well, they're not actually boots. You can't actually buy these. But you could go buy paddock boots from a <laughs> from a tax store and have chaps and go wear them around. <laughs> but they're actually not for, like, wearing like that. They're for actually riding. So... <laughs> but uh, uh to each his own i guess <laughs> but um but yeah so so that has happened many times to me while i'm wearing my half chaps and paddock boots 
And it doesn't matter if they're my my black padded, padded <laughs> suits with half chaps or my brown ones. People just are all about <laughs> the half chaps with the padded boots look. Um, <laughs> but they they think they're an actual like a whole boot, and, and you know don't realize that it's you know a two thing combo. Um, and then ironically, when I am actually wearing an, a boot, like a tall boot, around, no one's so like, funny. I love your boots. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know what it is that gets the non-equestrians with the half chaps and the paddock boots, especially like the grunge, the grungy look. But I'm like, do you think I'm just wearing this for fun? Like, I always wonder, like... I'm in breeches. Do you think I woke up and like put on these dirty, <laughs> dirty boots and riding pants and just like trolling around in it? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's I feel funny. like they should be like, oh, so you ride? You know, where do you ride or something? You know. But I guess they they, they don't even that doesn't you no. know they just think I'm fashionable. I guess. <laughs> so that's you're, cool. You're a trendsetter. <laughs> yeah well, well then I see people that are like I know you don't ride and you're trying you know they're not actually wearing riding clothes and riding boots but I'm like but some company was trying to make something that looks like it but you know you don't actually <laughs> I'm like I can tell <laughs> but you know no judgment here they could do they could do them if they want that's fine <laughs> well thank you so much for um, spending time with us today mm-hmm. and um we really enjoyed having you on our podcast. Yeah. Um, Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast and encourage you to share with all your equestrian family and friends. You can tune into the Late Night Riders podcast show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively on YouTube, where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with all of our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like to discuss? We want to hear from you. You may email us at podcast at ramfence.com or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> we'll Thank be looking for more yes. pictures and Absolutely. paintings. Thank you.